0: really good music is everyone's music really good music is like stuff that everyone had a part in making um that all of humanity really because we don't necessarily write music for birds or whales or whatever but all humans like sort of led off led up to the moment that that song happened to appreciate a musician at the level that like we do is, is kind of funny because like really uh it's all a big ritual that we're all part of and like creating like this thing. We just happen to not know which way, which direction to look, you know what I mean? And so the way that we default to look is the musician that's playing the music. All music is shared, you know what I mean? It's like, it's a shared experience. And like, if it wasn't part of someone already, they wouldn't appreciate it nearly as much. So
1: everyone out there listening, Papadosio just released their ninth studio album to live a making. And yeah, absolutely incredible album. Anthony, congratulations first off uh, on the release. Um, and yeah, to start this off, I'd love to get a glimpse into into your thoughts behind like the overarching theme and like the, the narrative behind the album.
0: Yeah, so uh, <laughs> probably as like, A listener hears like sort of the first sounds um what you're listening to is uh billy and melissa's new son augie's heartbeat um you're listening to that kind of begin like the whole journey and then you hear some like (laughs) vocal vocalizations from um my son lyric and he's just being a goon because he's a goon and he's like playing his little um his little recorder and like um yeah so there's what we wanted to do with this album was put a bunch of Easter eggs in there with like our families. Um, obviously the theme of the album is family and, um, sort of like our experience as we like enter into like specifically the band members enter into fatherhood, um, you know, human or not, uh, you can hear Sam's dog howling in the background, um, of a couple songs. And yeah, so there's like, uh, the prevailing theme of the album is family. And, um, Yeah, that's, some of these songs are pretty old, Um, I think the oldest of which was being written before COVID, so um, yeah, this is sort of like uh, also kind of uh, thematic around like our experience there as well, but um, yeah, I don't know, um, other touring acts probably can relate when you're touring a lot at the level that we were, especially before COVID, you're not really around your family. And then all of a sudden that happens and then you're around your family a lot. So yeah, um, that's the theme. Uh, <laughs> it, it's definitely uh, been a really intensely wonderful journey and um, was really good for us to kind of like be able to connect and kind of also like slow down. And so through that whole experience, we are like absolutely like a different band different people um a a changed band if you will um so hopefully hopefully this album sort of reflects that as well um not just the sound but um yeah just like what we're even like doing this for and what we're talking about what we're singing about what we're writing about um yeah i don't know if i answered your question well Hmm. but there we go
1: i love it i love it i'd love to hear you talking about like how has fatherhood shaped your perspective and kind of shaped
0: you yeah, let's go. Uh, I I don't mean to be self-disparaging, but I, I don't necessarily think that I had it all figured out. And not that I do now, but I definitely didn't before I had a kid. And now that there's this little life in my life, um, having a child is a really interesting and challenging thing and wonderful thing. Um, as equal as it is challenging, then they give you a hug you know and then it's all of it melts away you know like all the maybe the difficulties but i learned a lot about myself one thing that i learned about myself is that i'm very selfish and i really like my time when i want to do things and like he's taught me so much about like how all humans have a really silly propensity to be very self-indulgent very self like oriented um and yeah i mean humans like big H humans have a knack for being uh anthropocentric, but the same thing happens from one individual to the next. We're very focused on ourselves and what we're trying to do. And lyric has shattered that for me. And like I needed that to happen. And I'm not saying here that every single human should have children. Of course not. In fact I we we probably should have less children. <laughs> but um I would definitely say um that the experience is so humbling and so like crushing to like your like sense of self whenever you get like for example like a you know there's a problem you can't solve child's mad upset and all of a sudden you feel yourself get upset and then then you look in the mirror and you're like I just got upset at this health at this like tiny little like like blob of flesh that doesn't have any idea what's going on and then then you look at yourself and you're like wow like uh I can do so much better than that and then it forces you to like remake yourself as like this more patient version of yourself. And I'm not even saying that I'm there, I'm like working on that. And like, it it just crushes you in every possible way into a better version of yourself, or at least, you know, you're going to have a harder time if you don't want to do that. If you don't want to like engage in the kind of like remaking of yourself that you kind of have to do. Um, and so I guess for me, it's been, you know, we, <laughs> this, our sub 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 community likes to throw around the word transformational and like all these other things. And like this single experience has been the most transformational thing that's ever happened to me. And it's so nuts and bolts, you know what I mean? Change the diaper, get the baby fed, like do take care of basic needs, like, you know, like carry water. Like that's literally like what this is. And it's been, yeah, it's like super challenging and like just cracked my heart open like in in every way. And he's, you know, he likes music. He likes, he likes bass music. It's funny. He dances to it. He likes to play on things and they make different sounds. And he looks at me when like, he'll hit on his first birthday. I'll never forget this. His very, his actual day of his first birthday, he played a piano key and then he hit a top of a box and he looked at me and he was like, wow, those are two different sounds. And I was like, bro, we're going to like, we're going to (laughs) like hang out. You know what I mean? Cause you can hear, you know, you can, you can tell the difference between that this early, like you're definitely listening. And like, that's not to say that I'm going to like force him to be a musician or like, you know, shove instruments down his throat, but I'm definitely going to like, we can, I know that we can appreciate it together, which is exciting. So.
1: Wow. Mm -hmm. Nice. Would you say it's like affected you with who you are as an artist?
0: Yeah. I mean, one, one thing's for sure. um, I used to tweak a sound for hours and like, it's not that I don't do that still sometimes, but this album i mixed this album except for um the song spinning we had a tremendous friend who mixed that for us um but uh like i couldn't spend enough like i i i literally had to be like okay this is as good as i can get the sound in the 4 minutes that i have to make this sound sound good and then i had to move to the next one and so this rapid like rapid fire way of mixing um I'm like more skilled than I used to be, of course, because I'm just learning like anybody else's, but um it forced me to not like get stuck in on anything. Like I pretty much was just like, okay, this has got to happen, this has got to happen, this has got to happen. Tonight's goal is to accomplish X, Y, and Z. And I would do X, Y, and Z. And like if X, Y, and Z wasn't the best of my ability, I I I couldn't, I didn't have time to question it. So I found myself like doing a bunch of mixing tactics that were like more oriented toward like efficiency and like um and just like sort of, um, yeah, goal driven. And like, it really turned out that, yeah, it's just like, I mean, any human that has any like hobby that they do, sometimes you just get too stuck with the details. And like what you what you could have just done is just like, get it pretty close, move on to the next thing, like dance with it, play with it. Like this was the most like, uh, like engaging sort of like mixing sessions that I've ever had because I wasn't able to say, okay, I can spend four hours on the kick drum. You know what I mean? I can't spend four hours on anything, you know what I mean, these days. So it's like, instead it was this playful thing where I was like, that sounds nice, cool. That's what I'm rolling with. We're gonna roll with it. Let's hope it works out. You know what I mean? And like, by the end of the mix, I definitely had a couple sessions and I listened to the album. We actually were doing a bunch of touring when the album was getting close to being done and I just played it over PAs all over all over America, you know, I was like, okay. <laughs> and then everyone would sit down and like give me different like grimacing faces about the mix, you know what I mean? And be like, okay, like that's definitely gotta change. That's definitely gotta change. And um, yeah, the whole experience was like playful and um, listening to it in about 10 different, you know, large venue environments, like, you know, six different cars, four different studios. By the time it was all worked out, like it was all like hour long sessions max and it came together and i mean it's just not the normal way that i work or really anybody that's like mixing an album is it's not normal to just like only have an hour to dedicate for a session and then do something else so it was really unique in that way i love it
1: i love it my next question i have here how would you how would you describe papadocio's musical philosophy
0: this is very difficult to to explain without sounding like i don't know like i don't think we're anything, like our fans think we're something special. And that's wonderful. What w- what I want to say is that like, we kind of write a song and then somebody will bring a song to the table. And then it's like, we ask ourselves, what does this song want? What is the song asking for? You know, it's just like the same thing as if you like look at a, at a picture and you're like, okay, what color is this missing? Or like, whatever, like, instead of it being like, we are an X band that needs to sound like X to make X style of person appreciate and want to buy our music and book us at shows. Like, unfortunately the world sort of works in that way these days, um, especially because, uh, you know, music is very playlist driven and genre driven. Um, we kind of have been the variety show and it would be very difficult for us to pivot away from being a variety show now. Because um, that's sort of what our fan base expects from us. They expect that song A, song B, and song C will be as far apart from each other as possible. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like it's in it's, in some ways it's it's something that we're proud of. You know? So um, yeah. So basically, the the process goes: someone has an idea. We ask what what the, what the song is asking for. Um, sometimes they they come with like a lot of parts. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes it's a riff, but most of the time it's like a song with a bunch of parts. Everybody sort of like takes that those parts and then expands upon those ideas into like maybe something that's better than, or something more complex, or something more fun to play, or something more akin to the instrument. I mean, a lot of the times, if I'm writing a song, I'll end up writing it with like a you know a, key, a MIDI keyboard, and it's the you know the bass line, or I'll write it with the guitar, and the guitar part is supposed to be the piano part. So like you know you actually go to sit down and play the guitar riff on a piano. There's no way you know what I mean or you go to play the bass line, and it was written on an Ableton push and you know what I mean? Like, this is not easy to do, you know, on this or, and so it, you know, we, we have to really, we have to adapt each other's ideas into what would end up being like, yeah, like huh. playable or whatever. So I don't know if we have like, I don't think one song, any one song has been done specifically the same way. And I don't think that we have a really good grasp on what it means to like, have like a workflow. Like music producers are really good at that. Music producers um, can, they have like a workflow. They like do the same thing the same way and they make it happen. Especially if you're like making one genre, it's a really good idea, I think, to do that. But we're we're a hot mess, so I don't know. Hi, I'm Katie, producer of Weird Music Podcast. I wanna give a big shout out to Voodoo Ranger.
1: Live rangerously. Well, if you made it this far, thank you for listening. Just want to let y'all know we've got these hand-dyed, ice-dyed, weird music podcast hoodies and also tees. If you'd like one, let us know. We'd love to get you one. And a big thank you to the geniuses over at Thrax CBD for sponsoring us with their amazing products. Also want to give a big thank you to J&J Distribution, Ohio's premier Delta 8 and CBD wholesale supplier. Retailers, check out their brands Cloud 8, Compassionate Buds, and Zazak. Got links in the description. And yeah, much love, y'all. Back to the episode. What would you say is the personality trait—the personality trait that you most admire in in the people you work with and look up to?
0: Well, I I appreciate and look up to the most my bandmates because, um, yeah, I think that the entire music industry is sort of like having this realization right now, uh, kind of knowing that it is a very difficult and very difficult to create a sustainable model out of being in a band, um, these days is if you see a band on tour, somebody's losing their ass. Somebody is it, it you know, it, even the biggest acts that you've ever seen, somebody out there isn't making it. And like that specific fact alone is like, sort of hard for people to understand and grasp. And my band has weathered this storm for this long and each other, you know, um, and tolerated each other's differences and worked out our differences and like worked together on music and diminished you know potentially their own ideas for the sum of its parts you know trying to work towards this synergy that like is not just financially difficult but you know mentally difficult physically difficult like you know all these things being away from the family for long time, periods of time uh the, the the fact that we're still together and it's 2023 now and like uh the world has kind of moved on and we're still doing this thing you know what i mean like it's it's uh it's incredible that this is still happening and all the other bands like shout out all the other bands that are like still making this thing happen and still trying to create live experiences that aren't necessarily pre-determined um to get people in the present moment like that is much less of a uh it's much less of like a career choice and more like holding the line at this point, big time. Uh, So like that is something to be commended. And I don't mean to like pat myself on the back because I don't always keep my shit together. And uh, this is a mad world right now, but um, anybody that's like doing that and not just being a, and nothing against people that bring a thumb drive to a show and put their hands in the air and, you know, because people are still in the present moment there, and I go to those shows all the time and I love them. But there's something special to be said about creating music in the moment. There's something special to be cherished about that. And, you know, as some of the late greats pass on and things are changing and the financial landscape for the music industry is changing and all this other stuff, like, we're going to miss it when it's gone. And I'm a huge live music fan. I would even say that I'm more of a live music fan than I am like even one creating music because I go to a lot of shows. I love shows above all of the things. And like, it's not going to be around forever if things keep going the way that they are. So like, we, we definitely need to cherish these times and support these bands, especially the young bands that are trying to like get started now. I don't even know how that's possible, but like more power to them. And I'll be there. I'll be buying tickets. I'll be, you know, putting my hands in the air.
1: <laughs> Amen. It's a different world. Amen. What would you say are some of the most important, like intangible qualities for a successful artist today to have?
0: Well, I would, I would have said the ability to collaborate, um, and I think that's still important because I think that now uh, musicians are less like focused on group synergy and more focused on like personal development. Um, yeah which is cool I mean I don't want to sound like I'm not I'm, I'm not like a Luddite like I think that like whatever the whatever music is coming out of people is like what we need you know an artist is an artist so like uh, but the ability to collaborate is huge and um, so if you're in a band of course that means being able to listen to ideas that don't seem right to you right away and being able to feel them truly out and fully but I think more now these days it's being able to, you know, you probably have a solo career. I mean, let's just, let's just flat out admit it. Nine times out of 10 new music, that's new careers that are starting or new artists that are trying to come out are solo artists. So your ability to like navigate the collaboration landscape is like really important and huge. And then your ability, not just to collaborate with musicians, but like, yeah, everybody, like, you know, there's other people that are really putting that out there, like show promoters in a town, like, you need to collaborate with them. You need to work with them, you need to give them what they need to be successful and do the things that they're trying to do. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of collaboration. There's a lot more than, you know, you're, when you're an artist, likely you're kind of an introvert. You're probably a little, you know, not good at talking to everybody, but cultivating that skill, you know, will be something that you kind of have to eventually do. And so, I don't know, like collaboration is, is kind of what's coming up for me now. Mm-hmm. Cause we've done it so much ourselves. You know, I, I was a, I'm not saying I'm not awkward because I'm still pretty awkward, but I'm a lot less awkward now because I've had to just talk to people, you know, and try to like, you know, make successful shows happen with teams of people all across America from many different, you know, walks of life. And like, it's been, uh, it's, it's sort of changed. I'm I'm definitely, I'm definitely different. I used to really just like, I used to, when I was in high school, I used to like not talk to anyone. I was like one of those, like, kind of like weird, like introverted kids. I've, Melissa was actually asking me, my partner, she was she's asking me, she's like, did you ever like go goth or, you know, or anything like that? And I was like, well, I had jinkos and I had like, you know, the like chain wallet. That's probably before your time. But uh, like, I definitely was like one of those, like, don't talk to me. I'm like, I'm like a dark kid. You know what I mean? Like, you don't know who I am, but like, and then be, through through being in a band specifically, like made me talk to lots of different people. And yeah, sort of, yeah, this whole thing has been pretty healthy for me in my life.
1: I love it. So jumping a little bit to the side here, I want to talk with you about the balance between like self-importance and then humility when you're you're in the like pursuit of of creating the best thing you can make. Like how do you navigate the fine line between taking things seriously versus having like a sense of openness, like letting go?
0: As it pertains to as it pertains
1: to yourself and your image, but then also as it pertains to things you're creating.
0: So let's start from a song standpoint. So a song, a song is like not yours. A song is like sort of like, I I think that as an artist, like you have to admit that a lot of what you're creating is, is probably a mishmash of the stuff you've listened to plus a distant car horn plus like uh you know like a dream plus like a little bit of you you know what I mean like it's 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 all those things so you have to like first of all give props to the thing that the things around you that like generate that idea. I think it's so much less like the artist and so much more everyone. If you like a song, it's because you're entrained to like that song. That's why radio music is very easy to like right away because you're you, already entrained. Can you say what
1: you mean by entrained? Yeah,
0: sir. Uh, so if you're like, so like if, if you whistle something, walking away from listening to something, you whistle something, your mind has been entrained to repeat some aspect of the thing you heard, right? So you're, you've, you've kind of imprinted that in your head, right? Um, we all do it. And I've noticed this more and more, um, folks will say, I don't like X music. Well, it's probably because they haven't listened to that that much. Um, and if they listen to it enough, it's not necessarily that they would like it or dislike it. It's more that they would be entrained to anticipating things, being able to sing along, being able, to, when they walk, it comes out of their head when they're walking. Like we are so musical, all people are so musical that it's not as if a musician or an artist is making things on a level that like other people like, like if somebody was making something so crazy that like you couldn't have some sort of like entrainment or some sort of like musical memory that would engage when they were doing it, you wouldn't connect with it. And therefore you would look at it as like mindless noodling or something that you couldn't connect with. So like, when we take a celebrity or somebody who's like writing music on a high level and like lift them up above us, it's kind of like, it's it's sort of the way that I see it is sort of is sort of like missing the point. Really good music is everyone's music. Really good music is like stuff that everyone had a part in making, um, that all of humanity really, because we don't necessarily write music for birds or whales or whatever, but all humans like sort of led, off, led up to the moment that that song happened. So, yeah like to navigate the like crazy landscape of especially in the united states of like what is it called the voice or whatever where like you know they we're always like we we create we recreate like our like ancient past we recreate these like rituals where there's like there's like a, a an object that's like the the crystal in the middle of the room, and then we have the priests, and they're like you know they're the judges, and they're like you know doing this whole thing, and like we're just playing out the same exact story over and over again, just in different like formats and so like to appreciate a musician at the level that like we do is is kind of funny because like really uh it's all a big ritual that we're all part of, and like creating like this thing we just happen to not know which way which direction to look, you know what I mean, and so the way that we default to look is the musician that's playing the music, but really I mean like if you go back far enough musicians were usually just kind of like the shit under everyone's shoe in the corner of the room that provided you know the warrior's ability to step up on the table with his ale and like sing the sailor song or whatever you know what i mean like like that's a little bit more like akin to like what's actually even happening because like all music is shared you know what i mean it's like it's a shared experience and like if it wasn't part of someone already they wouldn't appreciate it nearly as much like you have to have some sort of like I could tell if you, specifically you, Cam, have like a little bit of, you, you've you decided to listen to quarterly complex music. So you appreciate things that aren't necessarily like kind of like cookie cutter. But, um, you know, if, if we could talk about like the United States landscape right now, um, music education over my lifetime has plummeted in the public school system to the degree where people aren't even exposed to quarterly complex music at all. Hence, um, the music that's popular now, I don't want to disparage it because it's all music's great. And like there's a really nice place for pulse-based music, for on-the-floor music, which I'd love to even make. Um, but you'll notice that um, the, the popular music that's out now versus the popular music that was out when music education was big in public schools is a lot more quarterly complex. So what's happening here? What's actually happening is not anything other than that people are not able to entrain quarterly complex music because they, whenever they hear it, they haven't been exposed to it long enough to have a place for it in their head or in their like experience. So I don't know, I'm, I'm going off on a serious tangent, but I'm definitely like feeling that recently because um, we put this album out uh, and some of it is quarterly complex. Some of it is not. And like, it's interesting the songs that take off right away versus the ones that don't because, and then, and then what age groups, because now we have all these demographics like now we have all this analytic data like it's totally different than it used to be we have like broken down into age groups like all the different like social medias and like uh spotify artists back you know the back login and stuff like that you can see who likes what and it's like night and day um so like that's sort of why i've kind of like went toward the music music education route because i it's not necessarily that i think everyone should learn to play music but i but man, like, I'm so stoked and happy that, like, my parents exposed me to, like, you know, uh, John Williams and, like, C um, and, like, all these, like, artists, because, like, I don't know if I would have as much of a colorful life if I didn't get a chance to listen to music like that young, so when I was, like, fully able to absorb what was happening and being, like, wow, like, you know, this song changes key, like, six times. It's 15 minutes long. It's got, you know, borrowed chords. It's got, like, beautiful melodies that are, like, you know playing chord tones and non-chord tones creating tension like letting that tension release like these are all things that are like they're dying they're they're slowly but surely like kind of going to the wayside as like you know the the hungry engine of of you know <laughs> um profit driven um weird incentives uh are pushing the music industry and playlisting everything is pushing the, the, the creators to create things that keep their livelihood going. You know, it's all understandable. It's all good. And, and hopefully we're just kind of exploring rhythm right now and that's it. Um, but yeah, like to, to kind of bring this all home and to conclude, I think that a listener does themselves, um, a serious favor by like seeking things out that they don't normally listen to. And, if they hear it once and they don't like it, just try it one more time because it's crazy. What'll happen. Mm. Uh, The second time you go through something that you think you don't like, or that you think that is too much or, you know, out there or just not my style. Like your style is literally constantly changing because you're constantly exposing your mental system to new things. You know what I mean?
1: (laughs) I'd love to go deeper on that entrainment thing. Um, I wonder if you have any idea like what the connection is between what you were mentioning with entrainment and just having, like earlier, you mentioned the word transformational, like a, like a transformational experience through music and like how entrainment is involved
0: in that. So I think if you go to, you go to an American music festival, you happen to um, be surrounded by very open-minded people, whether that's substance induced or not, you're, you're sort of like in an already in an environment where people are trying to have new experiences. Um, (laughs) The talent decisions aside and the, the profit driven models aside, like you will likely experience at least a couple things that are different than what you like normally experience. So in that regard, like, I think that at least leading up until now, like I remember going to Bonnaroo when I was, it was like 2006. It was a great time. 2006, I went both 2006 and 2007. And I I, I think of that time in music as like one of the greatest times to, to have been around because you could walk from one stage. I remember seeing Beck. And then I walked from Beck to Medesky Martinwood. I walked from Medesky Martinwood to the Brazilian girls. And you know between those three acts like you have run the gamut of like maybe all the sounds you can make like i just remember being like this is and then you know and then i I think it was radiohead that year you know magical um a band that has basically defined themselves by using borrowed chords and like really challenging things you know and uh that's that's a good band actually to to have an example of my sister was listening to the bends when I was like in high school and I was like, what is this whiny, annoying rock music my sister's listening to? I was listening to like, you know, Alice in Chains or whatever I was listening to. And I didn't hear it again for a couple of years. Then I heard it again. And I was like, this is the best music I've ever heard in my life because I had created a space for that music in my brain. I did other things. I went on I let my life go by a little bit. Then I listened to it again. And that hole that had been dug got filled up, Right. So that was my own like entrainment. Maybe that's a better example. And I think that like, maybe, how about this? A movie that you were raised on, like, and you heard music in it, and like, um, then you listen to it again later, and it evokes these emotions that the movie has, right? Um, I'm I'm a Stark. People will get mad at me for saying this, but I am a Stark believer that people like Star Wars because of John Williams. I would say that like star wars is three things it's a great cast you know it was really well cast it's it's a great environment and it's great music you know what i mean like the story how many times have we seen that same story how many times has the hero story even played out like you know what i mean you can you can tell the hero story and of course you're going to get some emotion out of it but if you don't have a good cast you don't have a good environment and you don't have good music you know like when you hear that like main theme like the jedi theme like come on like everybody gets stoked about it like let's admit it jurassic park well let's just go through john Williams just let's just do john williams alone et you know what i mean like these aren't the best movies in the world they're great movies but they're not like the reason that you love them is because of the music like it's it's part of it at least it's a third of it it's a strong third of it mm. like you know what I mean? Like it there's great special effects or whatever, but like, you know, like the reason you go back is because it evokes something. You know what I mean? And so like these are all things that like and I think that might be maybe these days how young people may hopefully get entrained to music like that because soundtrack music is sort of like the last bastion of you know, quarterly complex like things. You know what I mean? Like you could you could conceivably, if you trained your TikTok, for example to be like full moron like you could literally walk through your life and only hear music that has the baseline has never changed two chords max you know what i mean you could do that like like if if you didn't know what you were doing and it's not that these kids are stupid in fact like the 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 new generations are so much smarter in so many ways than the the previous generations but it's very possible to limit your musical experience to like nothing and like that's definitely like it's definitely a thing so like you know i mean i guess at the end of the day um fortunately we have soundtrack music and soundtrack music is definitely like as, as much as it's ever been it's still orchestral it's still got like lots of timbres it's still got lots of uh it seems to be that it's not trying to get dumber or i like to equate like uh, music that isn't moving too much or changing too much as like, sort of like Doritos. You know what I mean? Like it's delicious. There's no way you don't like it. I like it. I mean, hell, like any, anyone that like, it's so funny when you get like in a group of like foodies and you've got like, you know, cool ranch Doritos, you know, they want to eat it. They're like so bad. They're like looking at it. They're like, damn, like that that's probably so tasty, but they can't because they're like, their like entire identity, like relies on them, not liking that. In the same way, like you'll see that with musicians, like, I, I have like cheap thrills. I, I like absolutely love like really ridiculously like simple music. There's no way you can't like it. Like just admit it. You, there's no way you don't like it. Of course it's great. But will it ever really like bring you to tears? Will it like make your like spine like tingle? Will it like, these are like, there's the emotions that you're totally missing. Mm. Just like you're missing like nutrients. If you, if you just try to eat Cool Ranch Doritos like for three months, see what happens to you. Wow. So like, what a, what a I, metaphor. <laughs> I just feel like it's the same, you know what I mean? Like we, we need good music to nourish us. We need like, um, we need complex music. Like it's part of who we are. And like, I remember growing up that it was a thing to play your children classical music because it'll help their brain development. I don't know if you've heard that notion. Yeah. I don't know if that notion has passed or anything like that, but you better believe like lyrics listening to some wild, wild <laughs> stuff.
1: Man, no, I'd love it. I love it. How, how are you on time right now? I'm good. Cool. Cool. So jumping a little bit to the side, I, I want to talk to you about like l- lyrics in general, specifically like to start off, what, what particular lyrics from To Live A Making stick out to you as, you know, just like some of your favorite?
0: Well, obviously not just a word um, was sort of kind of me telling the story of like, me thinking i knew what encompassed love um because i had love for my family and my parents and for like my partner and i experienced romance and you know like the the kind of like binding in a good way love that like you know makes you care much less about what happens to you but you know the other person and then i didn't realize that there was another expression of love and that's that like you to diminish the self completely for the the betterment of like um what's what's next you know what i mean and like that was sort of my experience with with lyric because i had to like i had to learn a lot of hard lessons and i had to like um yeah just kind of come clean and realize that i had sort of like uh i was looking at life from the wrong direction and like i was getting stuck on stupid stuff like making even like my own like uh Assessments about like my value as a person based on really stupid things, as we all do. You know what I mean? And like, uh, now the things that I sweat, the <laughs> I used to sweat, like, yeah, ticket sales or like, uh, you know, even musical feedback from people, like, it mattered more to me than they, than it doesn't matter at all. I don't care. I'm, I'm doing my best. What I care about is if Lyric's hungry and he's upset, I got to figure that out. And once I do, the solution is amazing. And like, I feel accomplished like i actually did something you know what i mean like versus like this like self-serving like really uh silly way of looking at the world um so yeah uh not just a word is sort of that that journey for me um and uh yeah I, i i think that you could even like you could even like extrapolate off of that and say that pretty much every song that I personally wrote lyrics for are is like the um is sort of like from that perspective um mm-hmm. like uh fossilizes a <laughs> that's a funny one fossilize is funny because it's like how can you say a really depressing and true thing but still make it fun you make it a jam band song you know what I mean like you know like the 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 chorus is literally uh we're dinosaurs, we're already fossils like you know what I mean like and and it's like, you know, it, I, I think there's a lot of peace in kind of accepting that, you know, this, you know, we can't sustain any of the human activities that we're doing. We're in a meta crisis. There's like every possible problematic thing is happening all at once. And there's literally no solution at all. So like, why not have fun with that? You know what I mean? Why not have like, a, you know, a joyful, like, you know, it's like, there's the, the, you have to, you know what I mean? Like, you have to laugh. You have to laugh your ass off at the like, At the absurdity of it all you know what i mean especially if you have a kid because that that's a whole nother level of like uh you know what i mean so like uh yeah so everything everything yeah every lyric i would say at least that i had a part in is definitely coming from the the perspective of like fresh parenthood
1: what would you say in general with papadocio's discography like looking back on not even all the lyrics that you've written yourself but just all papadocio songs like what are what are some of the lyrics that stick out in your mind right now when i ask this about
0: that ones that have had an impression on you like throughout, like all the the whole catalog Mm -hmm. oh um i still think that my favorite lyrics are probably from the song all i knew because Mm -hmm. i think that a lot of our problems are cultural problems they're like we 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 have a propensity to create to be our own worst enemy, you know. Um I definitely am. And uh yeah, so like that song is saying that you aren't necessarily born with these really shit ideas, you know. They're sort of like um yeah, you, you might be like you might be kind of like if you're under threat, of course, you like you have a fight or flight. Like that's that's human nature. It's like part of like things but like you're not necessarily like when you're a baby you're not like thinking hmm how can I take advantage of everyone around me or you know unless you're you know sociopath like 99 out of 100 people are not like that you know what I mean like so so in truth like if you really look at it and you're honest like we realize that a lot of our problems are self-inflicted and usually it's culture to blame so that song kind of is saying you know people aren't necessarily bad it's just we have collectively we have bad ideas. So we and we optimize for bad ideas. And so like we're we're trying to learn how to like obviously we're trying to learn how to not do that. And a lot of our lessons have to be learned the hard way, which is lame. But you know, that song tries to again, it's another thing. (laughs) You try to put a positive spin on it. You know what I mean? Like it's it's like so important. Like it's so hard to talk about difficult stuff. And I don't know why I didn't just decide to like write songs about the color green or something you know what i mean like it probably would have been easier but i don't know um it's like it's the song like again it's like hmm. the song was saying this and i even if i was saying something else the song is saying that so you have to do what the song is trying to do because it's not your music really like if you're really going to be honest about it it's not your music that you're writing it's music that is trying to happen that you had maybe a a cockpit sort of like you know you're you're at the main controls of it all but like there's an entire like starship enterprise that's making it happen you know what i mean like there's a lot more that's like contributing to making the thing happen than you so you got to get you out of the way and yeah Mm. do you ever do you ever feel anxiety about about death like
1: how do you feel when when that topic comes into your mind
0: I am way more, I, I care way less about my own mortality than I care about, first of all, my sons, because you know what I mean? Those are like, he's a toddler. So of course he's headed directly toward death every five seconds. You know what I mean? He like, he's trying to figure out interesting ways to destroy himself. So you have to like, you know, that's like definitely like a thing. So I I can say that now, like prior to that, um, I had a lot of experiences throughout my life that like, um, made me realize that i was more afraid of dying than i thought that i was um experiences and like everything from psychedelic ceremonies to actual physical danger to just stuff you know what i mean everyone goes through these like feeling under threat and stuff like that and i've noticed sort of like recently like those those things aren't prevalent in my mind in those scenarios as much anymore now it's just like i like what would happen to lyric if i or Melissa or like my family or like, you know, I, I started to think like, I, I've realized I've sort of let go of like being so like afraid of my own mortality and more afraid of like what would happen in my absence, my band, how would they do? You know what I mean? Like these these are all like things that it's funny. I don't know why that's happened. Um, I'm almost 40, so maybe that's why, I don't know. <laughs> I feel like I, somebody said like, uh, don't worry about death because each year it gets less scary. You know what I mean? <laughs> With all out on the field, well, yeah, you know, if you if you've ever had the unfortunate situation where you've had like a, a grandparent pass away or something like that, but you talk to them, you know what I mean, like you you you're you're with them in hospice or you're with them, like usually they're pretty at that point they're like I'm over it, you know what I mean, like so it's not like I know that that's coming in in the case that I'm lucky enough to live that long, you know what I mean, like I'm not, I guess like mortality isn't the same thing and i also like have had enough experiences to know that this isn't it and i'm not saying that it's not it for me my memories whatever makes me think that i'm anthony versus just a sack of bugs that are having a synergistic experience and controlling my body to get nutrients whatever that thing is like i'm pretty sure that life continues and this whole like synergistic thing we call consciousness is definitely like something we don't understand so to make any sort of conclusions on it is dishonest right and not like You know, a scientist would maybe say that this is it. You live and then you're dead. Okay, but you don't have any proof otherwise. And you can't explain consciousness to me. The opposite end is, you know, a spiritual person would say, well, there's definitely this afterlife and you better do X, Y, and Z if you want to have a good one and all this other stuff. I was like, well, that's dishonest as well because you can't prove it. You know what Mm -hmm. what I mean? So frankly, I really am enjoying the mystery of it all. Hmm. And I'm like, there's a part of me that's sort of like stoked to see what's next. You know what I mean? Like I, I'm pretty like, I've done a lot of things as Anthony. I'm ready to maybe do a lot of things. as like, I don't know, like whatever else there is, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know if that's a good way to put it, <laughs> but yeah. Well,
1: man, this has been freaking awesome. I got a, a few more questions for you here, but thank you for for taking this time and chatting with me here. And yeah, if you listen this far I'll link in the description to to live a making congrats again on, on that, but uh, yeah, a couple more questions for you. Um with you now, with where you're at as an artist, what would you say is most important to you with how you're like defining success for yourself?
0: Hmm. Well, I'm teaching a lot. Um, and so I guess like the success of my students is really important to me now. Um, that wasn't even a thing um, really prior to, well, I had like an in-person Ableton school once a year which i'm doing again by the way um shout out to that i'm doing that here in asheville i haven't announced it publicly yet but i might as well um september 7th to the 10th i'm having an in-person ableton school here in asheville um but uh yeah i'm i'm like way more into like I, i love it when a student is going on tour and they're not really listening to me anymore like that's awesome because it means or that when they put out an album or you know they put out a song and it Is well received, uh, or not, but they just put out music, you know what I mean? Like, to me, that's like it's become it's sort of become meta, you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. making music tertiarily now, it's like, you know what I mean? Uh, so that's huge. Um, maybe the biggest thing, maybe the biggest different thing, but I don't know, like, something that I'll do is I'll like, I'll come up with an idea on an instrument or in my software, Ableton or whatever, and uh. I'll take that idea somewhere. And if I can take that idea somewhere to the degree where it still feels as exciting as the first like, like little riff that was recorded, I did a good job. I don't always do that. And in fact, that's really hard to do. Maybe like one out of five times, the, the thing will remain as, it's as ignited as it is when it starts. And I can pretty much determine now that like, if I am forcing like the square peg through the circle, circular hole. Like it's not, just drop it, you know what <laughs> I mean? Like just get, you know what I mean? So like now it's like my metric for, I think if I'm doing well as an artist is if there's less of that and more of like this really, just everything's just happening. It's happening on its own. It's it's smooth. It's not this like grind, you know what I mean? It's not this like crazy thing. Instead it's just like, it's obvious. This obviously should happen, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I'm really trying to drift toward that and I'm trying to care less about it all. Like just, just dance with it. Um, yeah, I don't know why that's lesson's been harder for me to learn than even a lot of the people I know. I was really kind of a control freak, really obsessed with like trying to get a certain sound and blah, 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 blah. Now it's just like, I don't have time. I don't have time. The, the only time that I have, it better be like a flow. It needs to be flow state. It needs to be enjoyable because I only get to be me once. And like, life is too short for like not having fun with what you do, but also just like you know, experiencing anything other than just, like, a state of flow. And it is, and, and I think that a state of flow versus, like, negativity are different things. Like, it can be hard to maintain a state of flow. And it can be definitely challenging. And, like, you know, you can rack your brain, you can break your brain trying to figure something out. But it can be exciting still. It can still be, there's, it can still be, like, a fire that's, like, I got to do this. Like, I want to see what's on the other side of this, you know, even if it's challenging. So I'm not necessarily saying I'm trying to like remain like fake positive. I just mean that like to, to truly define like if the, if I'm having, if I'm doing it right, it needs to be something that I'm excited about or else, I don't know, Mm. years are going by too fast, (laughs) you know?
1: Totally. Yeah. And you know, if if only we could have felt that way (laughs) in hindsight. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not trying to say like I necessarily live with regrets, but whatever the whatever the thing right under regrets are like, you know what I mean? Like hopefully an energy to like reformulate myself and really integrate the lessons I've learned. Hopefully that that's the kind of whatever that word is. I don't know if there's a word for that. But I feel resolve. like
1: I feel like we as humans have a, a very great strength of finding silver linings.
0: Yeah. Yeah, especially the ones that are having a good time.
1: <laughs> I mean, like based on what you said before with all the smoke in ohio right now for sure
0: yeah I, I i was looking across the way and i was like man it is foggy this morning but we didn't get like any of the smoke forever and now it's just like y'all have been dealing with it for a while man we, we got a lot down here i can only imagine what it is up there i can
1: only imagine what it's like at the scene of the crime
0: yeah <laughs>
1: oh my wild freaking god times, yeah so juxtaposed to this topic, if you could write one piece of advice to be in lyrics pocket for, for the rest of their life, what would it be?
0: Don't listen to me if I'm trying to limit you, you know, like I, I like had a lot of my early upbringing was a lot of people trying to put me in a box, you know, and I'm happy I didn't listen to a lot of people. I'm happy I didn't go to college. Um. I kind of, it's funny because I, I, I want to go to college now. I don't have time to, I'd love to now, but like, you know, I knew what I wanted to do. I wanted to make music. Like I didn't need anyone to tell me or even explain anything. Cause I was excited enough to do it. So hopefully nobody puts Lyric in a box and like he um, can access the things that he's excited about uh, without too much in the way, because that's all any human deserves, you know, is the ability to, like whatever it is, like no matter how no matter what I think about it, you know what I mean? Like, unless it's like causing harm to others or himself, like he should be able to pursue, as all children should, be able to pursue what they're stoked about. Mm. You know, hands down. And like that's that's a reality I wanna to work toward for sure. So oh, don't man. listen to me. <laughs> Always <laughs> so thing. interesting
1: though, to listen to you. Seriously. Fucking. Thank you so much for for coming on here and opening up like this.
0: Yeah, man. Thanks for doing this thing. You've been doing it for a while now. What episode is this now? Uh, this is, this is 113. Wow. Congratulations. Over a <laughs> hundred episodes.
1: Wow. Yeah. So it. how can, how can fans listening, how can they best support Papadocchio?
0: Oh boy. Um, well, of course there's live shows. Um, Billy's had a kid. So I don't know, like live shows are great. We, of course we love playing them. I don't know if we're going to be doing them on the, on the level that we have um, because it's just, would be physically unfeasible. So if you do see we're coming around, you know, it might not be as common as it used to be. So pay attention. Uh, but I would say even more than that, like we have a, a really cool thing called the Bandcamp back lounge, which is um, every live show we've ever played and all of our albums you can get for just the the I think it's like 10 bucks a month I'm pretty sure um that's everything you, you you could not you could probably sit there and like play things out of your speakers for a year and not hear it all so hopefully the like the value proposition is good enough for people to like know that I mean and, and so for your listeners that maybe aren't familiar with us they you know we were improvisational at least thirty to forty percent of the show is just made up on the spot. So it's very different, um, night after night. And of course we don't always hit it. But when we do, it's fun. So yeah. Uh that's probably the best way to support us because uh as your listeners probably know, bandcamp money goes directly into artists' pockets. And uh the grubby hands of the music industry is has a difficult time touching that money. So hmm. <laughs> but uh oh, yeah. other than that just if you hear something you like, write one of the band members a message and say, hey, man, keep going. You're, you're making my life fun. That mm-hmm. goes a really long way. Well, I'll,
1: I'll say it here now. Thank you, thank you for making my life fun. And <laughs> yeah, we're going we're gonna to have a link in the description for the the Bandcamp lounge as well. But my man, thank you for everything,
0: Anthony. You got it. Thanks, Cam. Thanks for doing this and getting uh, the musicians to, to talk about stuff. It's awesome.
1: The pleasure is mine, man. I appreciate right. you yeah man well there you have it thanks for tuning in and a big thank you to ticket relief for sponsoring weird music podcast if you're an event organizer out there ticket relief can help you keep your fees low while making sure all aspects of ticketing go smoothly as well ticket relief plants trees on behalf of every ticket sold with the events they work with so yeah we've got a link in the description for you to check them out and thank you to the rest of our sponsors much love y'all